Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Hey there, everyone. This is Shannon Simon with Newly Awakened Ministries. We're so glad you joined us tonight. We have Pastor Ty Locke from Global Vision Bible Church joining us. Welcome. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, we're so excited about tonight. I would like to, before we get into it, uh, thank you for the opportunity for joining us and to share more of Jesus with our listeners. We're so grateful for that. And then people can connect with you. Their links are provided in the uh, comment section. So anyone wanting to reach out with you, the, the contacts are there from Global Vision Bible Church. Also your YouTube channel, I believe, come out in Jesus' name. The movie, which we'll get to soon, there's a link for that trailer. So um, let's begin with prayer. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we just thank you for today and we thank you for the opportunity to come and just join and lift you up high. God, I pray for the listeners, whether they're listening on live or replay, Father, that you would open the ears to hear what your spirit is saying, that you would meet the needs, Lord, and may we walk in your anointing as we glorify you, Father, even in our discussions tonight, Lord. I just put a demand in the spirit realm for our guests. Lord, may you be honored and glorified in everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I am married to a pastor here locally in Mount Juliet. We pastor Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, We have six kids and a grandbaby. He stole the whole show. Um, (laughs) And then uh, honestly, we just, we travel a lot. We preach. I like to tell people all the time, I live in a glory bubble because everything that we do is just about the Lord. It's just who we are. It's what we do. Um, And I wouldn't want to do anything else. And so we, we pastor Uh, We travel a lot, um, different speaking engagements, different conferences, uh, you know, just trying to really have to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You know, that's our desire. That's what our heart's desire is. And so that's what we do. We, We preach Jesus everywhere that we go. And so I'm honored to be able to be on here with you tonight and have the opportunity just to talk about how good the Lord is. That's awesome. Me too. <laughs> so um, I did want to say that um, out, uh, get, out the gate is that we have had a relationship with Christ. We have been saved. Um, obviously, the purpose of the interview isn't to talk about salvation. We hope that everyone that listens will most definitely become a child of the King and walk in relationship with him because we know everything else flows from there. Yeah. So I just want to encourage the listeners that, you know, there's a, if there's a piece missing to reach out to you and that's provided in the link or reach out to a member of our team so that, yes, we, we want to encourage people to come to relationship with Christ. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a no brainer to us, but you just never know. You never know who's watching. That's right. So 
One of the things that I wanted to talk about was, was there a pivotal moment in your walk with God? When you look back, was there anything specific, like you were going one way and if God hadn't intervened, it would, you've gone another way, something similar like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that especially in the ministry, uh, we put ourselves out there. I, I tell people all the time, ministry is a fishbowl. And so when you put yourself out there like that, you open yourself up to attack from people that may not understand you or understand your calling or maybe understand even the decisions that you've made um, as far as, you know, what people believe that you should be. I feel like there's a lot of expectations. That was a very heavy weight for me early on was really the expectations of people and having this weight constantly on top of me that I was just never going to live up to people's expectations. And there was a pivotal moment in my walk. I will never forget it. It was in the year 2019 and I was reading in Hebrews and I've read Hebrews so many times, but it just so happened that day I'd been in a really bad place. I'd been suffering with a lot of depression and anxiety and things like that. And um, I was reading in Hebrews and I got to chapter 12 and it was so simple for me. It said, wherefore looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And as soon as I read that, it changed everything. Um, It changed my outlook on everything. It allowed me to be able to really begin to search the scriptures about who Christ said that I was and being able to drop the expectations of the fishbowl life, as I like to call it. And that was a very, very pivotal moment for me. I don't know that I would be able to still be sitting here right now, being in ministry and being a voice that's just crying out right now in these days. If that had not been for that moment that I just had You know, the Bible says that what the Lord sees in secret, he rewards openly. And even in my despair and even in utter brokenness at that time of my life, you know, the Lord saw me in secret, still just searching him and seeking him diligently. And it was just one verse in the Bible. And I had an encounter that really changed the trajectory of uh, really our ministry, to be honest. Um, Because, you know, when you're married to a pastor, if the wife's not happy, it just makes ministry hard for the pastor. And so, you know, I was called to be his helpmate. And the Lord had to really do a lot of healing inside of me, really a lot of making whole the broken places that were within me to be able to be who I was called to be as far as, you know, the wife under my husband and also under my husband in ministry and in our calling. And so that was a very pivotal moment for me, 2019. uh, I will never forget it. And I look back now and I'm so thankful that it happened at that time because had everything else that came, you know, shortly after that happened and I would have still been in that state emotionally. I really don't know you know, where I would be at right now. And so that was definitely a pivotal moment for me in my walk. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I struggled with uh, anxiety and depression for a lot of years too. And so I know that weight. And then I also know when God deals with those areas and the healing comes, such a freedom that comes in that. And it's so, so much freedom. Yes. It's like, wow, God, why, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I love it. I think a lot of it too, is that I was walking out a process of sanctification with the Lord. I always tell people mm-hmm. you never grow in your comfort zone. And when you get comfortable, you're not in the right place because we should always be going deeper with the Lord. There should be deeper levels. I am a firm believer that there should always be conviction in your life. Always. Um, There should never be a place that you're comfortable because we'll never be made perfect until we're called into glory, which means I still have a lot to grow through here on earth. And so I don't like the comfort zone with the Lord. (laughs) I feel like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm in the comfort zone, there's times that, you know, everything's going along good. And I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, you know, there has to be something within me. And so I'm constantly asking the Lord to reveal what is within me. I'm Mm -hmm. very big on inner reflection and asking the Lord to reveal my heart to me, because I think sometimes we don't even realize, you know, what's in our heart, all of these hidden things that we've buried for a really long time. And so I'm always, that's always my prayer. Like, Lord, I don't want to be comfortable with you. I never want to think that I have you figured out because I just want to go from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. And I love how you said that it's not a one-time thing. Yes, you had that pivotal moment, but it wasn't a one and done. It's a process of examining and surrendering and continuing along the path of finding your identity in him apart from the flesh that, you know, wants to get in our way. So do you have a recent prayer that God answered? Something you prayed for, for a long time? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, honestly. I think for a long time, I prayed for a lot of restoration, uh, not only personal, but within our ministry and um, just really seeking the Lord about revival. We really wanted to see a move of God. I prayed for so long. You know, I had this one prayer that I would say all the time and I would say, Lord, I don't want to keep telling my kids about who you used to be. God, I want them to encounter you as the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I don't want to just tell my kids about how you parted the Red Sea and you brought water from the rock and a cloud by day and fire by night and all the amazing miracles in the Bible. I want that to be real to them. I want them to encounter you. And I feel like we went through a season that the church really was not seeking true encounters from the Lord. We got comfortable in the way that we did church. And I think that there was a quenching of the Holy Spirit that happened. And my heart was so grieved by that because I knew when I got born again, I was a drug addict and the Lord, I had overdosed in a ditch. And a lot of people don't know that about me. And I encountered the Lord in a ditch drug overdose. It's how I got born again. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't, you know, have all of the different things. And so for me, I knew what I had encountered and I knew the God that I love, right? I knew the God that I served and I, I wanted my kids to have that same kind of experience. I wanted it to be real for them because the truth is, is that witchcraft looked more real to my kids Mm. than the Lord did because it's so prevalent in their generation and in their culture. And so my heart was so burdened as a mom that I would just pray constantly every single day. It was the most faithful prayer I ever prayed for my kids, to be honest. I wanted my kids to see the Lord move in power. 
you know, and so I prayed that and the Lord has answered that. There's been no doubt about that. My children have seen unbelievable miracles happen before their eyes. And so that's definitely probably the biggest example that I could give you. But I see answered prayers all the time, all the time in little ways and in big Mm -hmm. ways. You know, even if it's Lord fix my attitude, he does, (laughs) you know, I see him in small ways and big ways. So that's awesome. I love that. I just, I believe that you guys are going to see more miracles exponentially coming in the near future. So I'm excited about it. We've had that prophesied over us and we're just, we're here for whatever the Lord wants (laughs) to do. You know, we we tell people all the time, this is, this is his church and he's going to do what he wants to do. You know, we just want to be good stewards of -hmm. what the Lord is doing in our midst. And so that takes a, a, a place of humility. You know, it really does. I think that that's important that you have to be in a place of humility to not quench the spirit of the Lord. And so we just humble ourselves before the Lord and he does what he wants to. Amen. Yeah, I know. Sometimes we, we got to get out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do sometimes also in ministry. It is. It's hard to get out of your own way because a lot of times we think that we have to have everything figured out, but we don't. We don't. I I got to a place that I was like, okay, Todd, you either trust God or you don't. There's no real gray area. You trust God or you don't. And so I had to get to that place in my, in my life, in my walk, in the ministry. I had to get to a place that I was like, okay, God, I just trust you. I trust you with all of it. Amen. I love that. So I did share with you when we were talking before we went live that um, I I happened to tune in one night for the service and you happened to be preaching. So I wanted to uh, mention a couple of things that really spoke to me. Uh, One of the things you said was healthy family means healthy church community. And I've been praying for a long time and, and obviously allowing God to work in my life personally, but also praying for my family and then the body of Christ for the kingdom to be whole. So what does that look like to you? You know, I think as leaders, as pastors, we're called to do just that. We're called to lead. So there was a lot of things, you know, obviously anybody that has a family knows that there is sometimes chaos within families. I think in the days that we live right now, especially because we are living in the days that the Bible predicted, and there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of divisions happening within families. And, you know, I don't discount that the Lord Jesus has his own threshing floor, and he's separating wheat from tares. But I also, I had to come to a place that by doing an examination of myself, is that, okay, what, what is it going to take to restore the family? Because that's what's important, right? You have to be able to have, that's the one thing that the enemy has attacked for Mm -hmm. a very long time, because our marriages and our relationship with our children is a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is. It's a picture of God as our father. It's a picture of us as the bride of Christ and, and the enemy hates that he hates the idea of family. And I think that the locust has been able to eat a whole lot in the context of families. And so we really, uh, there was a season that 
we came off the road for a while. We stayed home for several months and we just began to, to say, okay, we have to rebuild here because in order to be good leaders, in order to have a healthy church, we have to have a healthy family. And it's not that we had, you know, a family that was dysfunctional. It was that within the context of ministry, sometimes your family can kind of take the back seat because you're always at everybody else's ball games, yeah. right? You're always at everybody else's hospital room and all of that. And so we had to find a really healthy balance with our children. And especially at this point in their lives, they're getting older and they may not need us like they did when they were babies, but they, they need more wisdom from us now than what they did when they were babies, right? It's not just about right. changing diapers anymore. <laughs> and so we really had to, we had to find a healthy balance. And what we found is that, you know, my husband and I, we have a very strong marriage. We do. And my husband loves me and honors me and respects me. And I love and honor and respect him. And so it was really bringing our children under that umbrella of like, you know, especially at their age, we love honor and respect you also because they are getting older. And so it was kind of a restructuring of mm -hmm. our family a little bit, I would say. And so we came off the road because we needed to make sure that our family was healthy, that we had a strong, solid foundation. And in doing that, what we found is that the families in our church have began to be strengthened. And so I do think that it, it kind of just flows from the top down. And so yes. I believe it's important to have a healthy family. I believe that homes everywhere need to turn off the TV, you know, stop working 80 hours a week because you think you have to provide for your family. Yeah, you do. But do you really have to work 80 hours a week to be able to do that? And I know in some people's situations, they do. But if you do, then you have to have time that you pour into your family yeah. because we're just getting into days that, listen, honestly, you need your family to be strong. You need to be there, especially as men. You know, I'm not a man, but I know the authority of a man as the priest of the home. A man needs to be able to make their family feel safe. And if you're not there, then your family doesn't feel safe with you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just think it's important that we begin to focus in on building healthy families in this time so that our families are able to withstand the days that we're moving into very quickly. Very quickly. You are correct. Um, the other thing that I made a note of that you said, something along this line was when we listen to the eyes of the enemy, we are refusing the voice of God. So Absolutely. I've been, I've been praying for, for clear hearing and a deeper level of concentration to the Lord, but discuss that a little bit with me. So really, there, there's a lot to that, but I, I will <laughs> give a surface of it. Um, you know, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, because we are in warfare, mm -hmm. right? They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what happens is, is I, I come into agreement with a lie from the enemy, then I've exalted the enemy above God in my life because mm -hmm. I chose to believe the enemy and not to believe the Lord, whom I know to be the faithful and true witness. 
And so it really comes from a place of, I have a heart's desire to teach people the weapons of their warfare, how to yes. take your mind captive, right? The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so what happens is, is that the enemy comes in and sows all this discord and chaos and all of these lies, you're not worthy, you're never going to be forgiven, you've done this, you've done that, and it's all this guilt and shame. But my Bible says that there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If you confess your sins, he is faithful, and he is just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so we have to learn to be able to operate in the weapons of our warfare. Listen, we run a deliverance ministry, but not everything is a, a demon. You right. need discipline, right? Mm -hmm. You need to be disciplined in the Lord. You need to be seasoned in the word. You need to be like the Bereans. They search the scriptures daily to see that these things were so. Mm -hmm. And when we do that and we are able to, you know, exalt the word of God above the lies of the enemy, that's what we are called to do. Yes. But we don't really talk about that, right? We let people get overtaken in a fall. And mm -hmm. instead of doing what the Bible says, which says restore such a one, if your brethren's been overtaken in a fall, you restore them, you edify them, you bring them back into the fold, right? We don't do that. We mm -hmm. let, we leave people off to the wayside and we, we sit back and we watch the enemy destroy so many of God's people. And so it's important that we understand that if you are not exalting the knowledge of God above the laws of the enemy, then you are exalting the enemy above the Lord Jesus in your life. Philippians says, think on these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is just right. And instead of doing that, we've allowed people to sit back and just to come into agreement with things that they should never come into agreement with. And then what happens from that is they end up opening doors to the demonic realm in their life. And so it's right. very important. Our minds are a battlefield. My husband has said for years, if you lose the battle in your mind, then it won't be long that you're losing the battle everywhere. We are spiritual beings living in a natural realm. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and God's yes. people need to begin to understand. It's not speak something into existence. We're not creators. He's the creator, but our words have the power of life and death. And so we have to equip people to be able to fight the enemy. We have the helmet of salvation for a reason. Right. You know, right. So I was there's a reading, lot to that. Yes. I was just reading in Ephesians today about that. So uh, one of my friends, I was trying to explain to her how to know the difference. Uh, you know, sometimes the Lord is uprooting things in our lives and we're wanting to, you know, take authority and tell the devil to get behind us. And, but really it's a work that God is doing. Yeah. And so it's knowing like, the Lord uh, took me also to Nehemiah, how when it was time to build, they had a weapon in one hand and a tool to build in the other hand. And that's exactly what God does with us as people. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn, okay, God, is this a, am I supposed to use this as a weapon to, you know, fight the enemy or is this a tool to build in my life? And sometimes they, it's hard to tell the difference because of the pain that, you know, the, the cleansing and the things that go with it. So Anyway, it was along those lines. It was pretty interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that is, it is interesting, you know, and I also think that with what you said, 
people need to be able to discern, discern the voice of the Lord in their life to recognize, okay, is this a lie from the enemy or is this the Lord rebuking me? You know, yeah. am I getting a whipping from the Lord exactly. or is this a lie from the enemy? Because yeah. sometimes we cross spiritual warfare when really they're just consequences to our actions because God forgives sins. He does not relieve consequences That's and there's right. a difference. And so it's in the consequence that we have to grow. Right. It's because the Lord, it, listen, if my kids do something wrong, (laughs) I forgive you, but there's punishment. You have to pay the punishment of, of your, you know, there's consequences to your actions. We teach our kids that, but then we have this idea that there's not consequences to our actions because we're under grace. We are under grace. We are, but the Lord is a good father. He's perfect. He's a perfect father. And so he's going to make sure that his kids are doing what they need to be doing. And so it's important that people can discern the voice of the Lord so that you're not just pushing it off. Like, oh, that's the enemy. When really the Lord wants you to grow because he wants you to be less of you and more of him. Amen. No doubt. Well, then, like you talked about earlier, how the the Lord brought freedom in your life. And because of that, it elevated you to do the next things he had for you and and opened the door. And and many people are believing that God's going to do these things in their lives without wanting to pay the sacrifice or obey or do whatever the Lord is directing them to do. Listen, we have to have a shedding of the old wine skin because God's not going to pour in new wine into an old wine skin because the parable teaches us that it will just combust. We don't have the capacity to handle what the Lord actually wants to do. There has to be a pruning. There has to be a shedding of the old wine skin so that you can get new wine from the Lord because he wants to give you new wine, but you have to do what is necessary to be able to have the capacity to handle what the Lord wants to give you. Well, you, you already discussed uh, some about the family and remaining in balance already. So we'll move on from that. (laughs) What God dreams are you believing for? You know, at this point, um, I am just believing the Lord for just people to begin coming in, you know, to the kingdom, because I feel like we are at a place that playing church is no longer acceptable with the Lord. You have to be all in or all out, right? The lukewarm days of the church has to be over. It has to be. I'm really expecting a move of the Holy Spirit that people actually are going to begin going out into the highways and byways and compelling people to come in. I believe that we are at the days that, you know, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. So my God dream is, is that laborers are going to start going out into the harvest because I don't know, it's discouraging to me in some ways. I think people just have their head in the sand that they're like, oh, you've been saying Jesus is coming for 2000 years. But if you really understand Bible prophecy and you understand all of the things that are going on, not just here in America, but 
We have desert springing forth of water that fulfills prophecies of Isaiah 41. Mm. There's so many things going on right now. Um, we have the beast system before our eyes. And so my God dream is not a bigger church five years from now. It's not a bigger platform. My God dream is that we just see people that are like they were telling us the truth and they come into the kingdom. So that's my only God dream that I really have right now. I just want to see people, you know, I want people to have encounters with the Lord um, because I think we've done a bad job of being a good representation of who the Lord is. And the church has had so much discord and so much disunity that people on the outside have looked at us and they don't want what we have because it doesn't Mm -hmm. even appear that we want what we have. Right. And so my God dream is, I guess it would be twofold, right? A double edged thing uh, that there would be unity within the body that we would lay aside all of these silly arguments. And, you know, there it, it's so much, I get so discouraged by it. I'm like, can we just preach Jesus, see people born again, see people set free, delivered and healed? You know, that's what I want to spend my life doing. And so I think there needs to be a massive unity within the body of Christ that we drop all of our denomination tags and say, Lord, we just want to see you move. This isn't about us. We want to see souls brought into the kingdom of heaven. We want to push back the kingdom of darkness because this isn't about us. This is about you. This is about your kingdom. And we're going to be about our father's business. That's my God dream. Amen. Mine too. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay. So that kind of leads us into the movie come out in Jesus name. Yay. So tell me about that. When did, when did the shift happen? The approximate date. Do you remember that? For the movie or for deliverance? For the shift for deliverance. So it actually happened privately between my husband and I that it was, I think it was 2021, maybe, maybe, yeah, the end, towards the end of 2021, um, there was a young girl, she manifested a demon in our baptistry, and we didn't know what to do with that. And as a mom, I couldn't let it go. It it was just, that's when my husband knew, he was like, she's not going to let this go. (laughs) we started really seeking the Lord. Um, I knew it was a demon. I'd never seen a demon manifest, but I was like, that has to be a demon. There's no way that's not a demon. And so I didn't understand, you know, I really didn't. I've never been taught about deliverance or any of those things. I'd always been told that Christians couldn't have demons. And, um, I hope that's not the case because I went through deliverance and I had demons and I'm definitely born again, (laughs) Um, but that was really the shift for us. It was around November of 2021 and my husband and I, we really started seeking the Lord in private. Um, We, we started transitioning our church um, really January of 2022. And so it hasn't been that long, um, but it was the best thing that we have ever done for the kingdom. Honestly, we we've seen God do a lot of things even before deliverance, but there is nothing, nothing like seeing the peace and the calm that comes over somebody when what they've been bound by and what they have struggled with, and they've done everything that they know to do. They've read all the Bible. They've done all the fasting. They've, they've done all the things. 
And when they finally have this moment of freedom, there is just nothing like it. There, there really isn't. It's my favorite. I don't really like to cast out demons. I like the result of mm-hmm. casting out demons. Yeah. It's what drives me, yeah. you know? And so it's just, there's just nothing like it. There really isn't. If I could equate it to something, I would say from my experience, it's almost when you give birth, when you hold that baby in your arms, that tenderness, that innocence, mm-hmm. that the precious newness, all those things. That, that's yeah. what it feels like to me. And I think it's a revelation of God's love for his oh, children. Yeah. You know, Paul said, I didn't show up with excellency of speech. I showed up in power and demonstration. Mm. It's a demonstration of the love of the father. When you come and you're like, wow, Jesus really came to set me free. It's not just about me going to heaven. Jesus came. He took stripes for my healing. He was crucified and mm-hmm. resurrected to take yes. the keys of death and hell so that I could be set free. Yes. You know, that's why Paul, he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, I desire to know nothing among you, but him and him crucified. That's it. Because it was the crucifixion that gave the power of the resurrection, right? It's like when Jesus said, wait here in Jerusalem until you've been endued from power on high. It's like this revelation all of a sudden, you know, when you get set free and there's no demonic bondage in your life anymore, it's this revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And so you you have this whole encounter of God's love, freedom, the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And it's like, wow. This is why Jesus came because if Jesus only came for me to go to heaven, I'd go to heaven the day I got born again. Right. Right. And so it's this whole demonstration of the kingdom of heaven before your eyes. Mm. You know, we, we say prayers like this all the time, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you know, but do we really see the kingdom of heaven on earth? That's the question. Because the will of the father is that the kingdom of heaven would be demonstrated here on earth. And so when you get into deliverance, you really start seeing the kingdom of heaven demonstrated on earth. You see why Jesus had to go take captivity captive when he went to the cross. You see why he took the keys of death and hell because he gave us power and authority over serpents and scorpions. He gave us power and authority over unclean spirits. The book of Colossians says that he is above all thrones, all dominions, all principalities, and all powers. And when he left us with the Holy Spirit in the book of John, he said, greater work shall ye do than even I did. Because the one that I'm sending you, the very promise of the father is what the book of Luke calls it. He sent us the very promise of the father. So all of a sudden you have this massive revelation. Scripture begins to come alive to you. The Holy Spirit is so alive to you. It's like everything that was dead within you in a moment is resurrected. Your spirit man just comes alive. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. And two. Like I grew up in a very religious background. And so 
I know there's so many people that believe, like you said, about being deliverance. Oh, it's not for Christians or whatever. And so that revelation also of the truth, like I've been lied to or, you know, the enemy, however, twisted things. Yeah. And now look, wow, like the new place that people walk in. It's just so beautiful. It's been amazing to see. You know, and I really, I had this moment several months ago before the Lord that I was just in full-blown repentance because I thought to myself, Lord, we've left your people in bondage because we didn't believe your word. And ultimately that's where the conviction came that I had exalted the enemy above the Lord in my life because I'd, I'd believed the lies of the enemy over the word, over the truth. And so, you know, it really, it just changes everything. It really does. And this is the thing. I know people have a hard time with that because, you know, the Bible says that, you know, nothing unclean can dwell where the Holy Spirit is. Oh, you're absolutely right about that because the devil doesn't own my spirit, Mm. but he can afflict my soul and my mind because we're a temple and God's not chaotic. He's not schizophrenic. He laid out the instructions of the temple for us for a reason. There's an outer court, there's an inner court, and there's a holy of holies. And I'm not owned by the devil. My holy of holies belongs to the Lord Jesus. It belongs to Jehovah, right? But Mm -hmm. I have an outer court and I have an inner court because I'm a temple because God desired a, a temple that wasn't made by man's hands right? He desired us as a temple. And so they're absolutely right. You are 100% right. No demon can dwell in my spirit, man. No demon can dwell in my holy of holies, but I can, I can have oppression from the enemy in my outer and inner court. Absolutely. And people just have a hard time with that, but we still serve the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's not chaotic. That's right. That's right. I love that. So who initiated the movie? That would have been my husband. He he gets really good ideas and we just go with it. Our staff, (laughs) they're like, they're so used to just going with the flow. Um, We had done a, a national deliverance conference and the Lord spoke to him. He rides a bike a lot. Um, and so he was out on his bike, I believe. Maybe not. I don't know. I think he was on his bike. <laughs> Let me not tell a story. Aiden. Um, but the Lord told him, you know, like, Hey, see what, see about putting a movie out. And so when he came to me about it, I was like, babe, you're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are not making a movie, like, you know, but, um, I, I knew that he had heard from the Lord. And so, uh, he got with our guys at Lock Media, and I mean, within I think it was like five months, the whole, the entire movie was made in five months. These these guys worked so hard; they scrubbed so much footage, and then we just came in and did interviews. And so it was really a miracle of God. Honestly, nobody makes a movie like that in five months. So, right, right. yeah, it was a miracle. I said, well, I guess you really did hear from the Lord because he opened (laughs) all the doors within five months. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so many lives have been touched by that. I just Mm -hmm. love that. 
So now my favorite part of the movie were the testimonies that came after people were having deliverance in the in the theaters. That was yeah. my favorite part of the movie. Uh, it wasn't even the movie itself. It was yes. all the testimonies that started pouring social media. My husband and I, we stayed up till like three in the morning, the night that, that it first came out the first mm-hmm. night. And we were just watching videos and testimonies. And we just laid in the bed weeping before oh. the Lord because it was so beautiful. It is beautiful. I just love it. Okay, so we went the first time. And uh, I didn't know what we were getting into. (laughs) And uh, then after going to the movie, we had some friends of friends who were influencing our friends that, you know, this couldn't be of God, you know how they do, you know, try Mm -hmm. to uh, persuade people not to go. And so then we ended up taking uh, two of our friends to go and actually Uh, one of the children from that watching the movie, they came to the service at the church on Sunday nights and was actually, he was delivered of of many things through that. So it's really exciting how God is taking hard hearts and turning them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think at some point, you know, people are going to begin to realize that they're fighting against the Lord, you know? Right. And and it's not about are we right and you're wrong or you're right and we're wrong. That's not what this is about. This is about seeing people set free and we can fight against that. But ultimately, we're fighting against the Lord. And it's really dangerous ground at this point um, because it is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is. That's what the Bible teaches. Jesus was casting out demons Yes, and they blasphemed the Holy spirit by telling him he was casting out demons by the devil, by Beelzebub. Right. And so there's a very fine line. And so my, my heart is not to argue with anyone about deliverance. My heart is to tell people if you're having like, maybe you're on the fence about it, or you just believe because you've always been taught that, you know, you cannot have, you know, you don't need deliverance. You can't have oppression in your life. Um, I would encourage you to really search the scripture for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take your pastor's word for it. Really pray to the Lord that Lord, if this is really of you, then show it to me in the scripture and the Lord will, he will, he will. And so that's what I tell people. It's not about that. You believe what I say or what Mm -hmm. I believe. You don't have to believe what I believe, but you do have to believe the Lord. You do have to believe the word and you do have to believe the spirit. And so I just, I, I think that there's been such an uproar about deliverance. And I honestly don't think that there's been a great response. I will say that um, from the deliverance ministers that minister deliverance and really, you know, discipling people in the way that, okay, don't believe me, but study the scriptures, ask the Lord to drop scales from your eyes and to really read the word for yourself. And that's what we need to be encouraging people to do. That's good. You're right. There's no reason to divide over something when the church is already divided over 
500 other things, <laughs> right? right? Deliverance exactly. doesn't need to be just one more thing that the church is divided over come because on. what we believe is that the church needs to come into unity. Uh-huh. And if we believe that, then we have to edify people in the word and encourage people to be in the word. That's what brings unity. One word, one body, one, one spirit, one mind, right? It's his one Lord, one spirit, one body, one mind. It's all his. So that's where we have to encourage people. Amen. So what about more showings? Are there going to be more showings? I heard it was. So I think there they are going out nationally to some other nations. As far as America, there won't be any more showings in the theaters. However, we will be streaming nationwide on different platforms. I'm not sure which ones. Perfect. I don't do all that, but I'm assuming like things like Prime Video, Netflix, things like that. I don't know which one, so don't quote me, but things like that. There'll be a lot of streaming platforms um, that it will be. People are going to be able to stream it and it will have, I'm almost certain it will have the deliverance session at the end of it when it streams for people if they would like to, to be able to do that. Right. Yes, that's important. So when I went to the movie, I was not aware we were going to have this interview. (laughs) So Uh I I wrote some things down. I took notes. Uh, I always try to apply things to my life, glean as I go. Uh And so um, I love the line, something about deliverance is not fighting darkness. It's simply turning on the light. It is. How simple is that? Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says that everything that's done in dark will be brought to light, right? Transparency, light, it pierces through the darkness. So I always tell people transparency disarms the enemy. It's the things that we leave in darkness that the enemy causes chaos in our life. If you bring something to the table, you bring it to the light, as we would say, darkness cannot withstand the the light. It can't. That's why the Bible says men love darkness rather than light, right? Because it's what we can do in the darkness, but that's also the very things we do in the darkness are the very things that oppress you. They're the very things that keep you bound. Mm. There's something beautiful about when light, when the light of the world pierces through darkness and all of a sudden, (laughs) everything that's in the dark is revealed into the light. Mm. That was some, the next thing that I wrote, manifestations of the devil. It's so beautiful. So now people can know they can be free. Yeah. Yeah. People need to be set free. They do. They do. They're, listen, my husband preached a message yesterday and uh, he was in Acts chapter 20. And um, Paul was saying, you know, I'm going to finish this race with joy. He mm-hmm. knew that he was going bound to Jerusalem to get put in prison, right? He knew that like this was it for him. They were going to, they were going to kill him. And he was like, but I'm going to finish with joy. Mm-hmm. And you know what the saddest thing is to me? God's people don't have joy because it's the one thing that the enemy wants to take away from you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And so if you don't have joy, you don't have strength. You don't have strength to stand. You don't have strength to fight. You don't have strength to withstand all the fiery darts of the enemy. And so the enemy comes in and he wants to destroy your joy. He wants to steal your joy from you. But God's people have to learn to have the joy of the Lord. And there has to be some kind of freedom in you because you're bound. You're bound and you need to be set free. I was just, no joke, uh, earlier today was on the joy of the Lord and doing some research and looking up some verses. And so Zephaniah says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Mm-hmm. I just love that. So beautiful. I love you it. know, you. in Hebrews in chapter 12, the Bible says that the, the cross was the joy that was set before Jesus. Yeah. Like he counted it joy to go to the cross for us wow. and we live bound. Mm. And even the Lord Jesus on his way to the cross, knowing, right? Despising the shame, the Bible says he considered it joy to go to the cross for us. And I think about that often. If the Lord Jesus considered it joy, the Bible says it pleased the father to bruise him. That's what the book of Isaiah says, that it pleased the father to bruise Jesus. And it's, it's mind boggling to me that God's people have walked around with so much Mm. depression, so Mm. much fear, so much anxiety, and we've just been taught that that's what we have to do. Right. And, and the devil has taken all of our joy from us. Mm. We don't, we look in the mirror and we don't even know if we like ourselves. Yeah. Come on. And you're bound. If you look in the mirror and you don't even know if you like yourself, you're bound. Mm. There's no way around that. And so you, you know, people need freedom because people need joy. Amen. Amen. Because people need strength to stand. There you go. I hear another message coming out from you right away. (laughs) Unity and joy. I'll (laughs) preach all the things. I don't (laughs) mind. Love that. Um, Just a couple more quotes that I had. Um, We cannot fight the enemy by looking, by looking like the enemy. We have to learn to disagree better, love and preach the truth, but not looking like our enemy. I thought that was yeah. I think a lot of times the church has, we've so belittled people with the word instead of edified people and encouraged them um, that we look like the enemy to them. We do. There's really no way around that. Um, you know, we don't compromise truth at all. Anybody that follows our ministry, they know we do not compromise truth, right? We expose the things of darkness. We reprove them as the Bible says, but we also have a responsibility to build people up in the word of God. And we don't, we tear people down with the word of God. And so we end up looking like the enemy to them is the cross offensive. Yes is the fact that you're dead in your sin and you're going to bust hell wide open. Is that offensive? Yes. But you know what the edification of that is? The Lord Jesus went to the cross for you to die for you. 
right? So what we like to do is we like to tell people you're going to bust hell wide open, but then we don't edify them in the word, oh, right? Come on. And so there has to be, you have to preach the truth in love, but you can't, you know, you can't preach love at the expense of truth either. Right. Right. And so there's a healthy, <laughs> this is the way I always say, Jesus was the perfect balance. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, he would go in and he would be like, you know, I make you whole, but go and sin no more. He was the perfect balance, right? He didn't let people get away with their sin, mm. but he would also heal you. Yes. So, you know, like he would do all things. He was this perfect balance. But then he would also tell the disciples, if you go in to, to a city and they don't receive what you have to say, then dust your feet off and go on, mm-hmm. you know, because your responsibility isn't to save them. Your responsibility is to preach the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. That's why we preach the gospel is for the purpose of salvation, right? The rest of what we do is discipleship. There you go. There you go. And so you know, we, we have to get to a place that we preach the gospel, the truth of, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then past that, we disciple people, not tear people down. We have to build people up. The gifts are given for the work of the ministry, right? The, the edification of the saints and the perfecting of the body. Mm-hmm. We are to edify with the word and stop tearing down. So we can't look like the enemy mm. Mm. and expect to get people to come in to the fold. Oh, that's just that's not, right. it's not even realistic, right. which is honestly why the church is in the state that it's in right now. I agree. I most definitely agree with that. Okay. So um, it's going to look there was two other quotes that I had. One is that, you know, the finger of God is present by the spirit of God. You get anything about that? Yes. Yeah, so the Bible says in, in regards to deliverance, that it's the very finger of God. Deliverance is the children's bread. The Bible says when demons are cast out, you will know. That's what the Bible says. Not think you will know that the finger of God is upon you, right? There's a touch from heaven that happens when you're set free. There's a touch. We, we say all the time, reach out and touch the hem of his garment. That's us reaching for him. Deliverance is hit when he reaches down and his finger lays upon us. So grateful for that. We've taught people that you have to, Seek, 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 seek. But my Bible says, if I abide in him, he abides in me. Mm. See, it's a two-way thing. We've taught people to pray by saying all these big Mm. words and these long prayers. And we never be quiet enough, long enough to (laughs) let God speak. And then we're like, well, God, what's your will for me? Well, I don't know. Be quiet and let God talk, (laughs) right? This is a relationship. It's a two-way thing here. Right. And so as much as we're reaching out for him, he's reaching out for us too. He came to seek and to save those which were lost. You know that we didn't even go seeking after him. He came seeking after us. Right on. Right on. (laughs) It's a touch from heaven. That's what I like to call it. 
Amen. Awesome. Well, we are nearing the end of our time. Uh, I was wondering if you would be willing to uh, pray for those who are watching or those who will watch or listen later yeah. on, if you feel yeah. anything led by the spirit. And then um, if there's anything else you would like to share before I close it out. Yeah. That would be great. Perfect. Yep. We'll just pray. Father, okay. thank you so much for our time here tonight, Lord, just to talk about your goodness. Lord, we could go on and on and on for hours and hours just talking about your goodness, the truth of who you are, Lord. Lord, I ask right now that if there be any person that came across this broadcast tonight, Lord, and they have any kind of question about deliverance, is it real, is it not real, Lord, if they are just seeking a touch from you, whether it has anything to do with deliverance or it doesn't, Lord, Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would show up, that that they would have an encounter with you exactly where they are. If yes. they're in their bedroom, if they're driving down the road, Lord, if they're in the shower, Lord, it doesn't matter to me, Lord. I know that you are omnipresent. You are more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And Lord, I know that your presence is available to them exactly where they are. Lord, if they are in the mess of life right now, Lord, I ask that your spirit would comfort them, that the Holy Spirit Spirit, our comforter would come upon them right now, exactly where they are and would begin to comfort them. Lord, Lord, I ask for anyone right now that is struggling with any kind of heaviness or depression or suicidal thoughts, Lord, that you would send ministering angels to them right now, Lord, that would begin to minister love to them and peace to them, Lord, that would minister yes. life to them, Lord. Lord, I ask that anyone that needs help, Lord. They just need someone to, to sit down with them, to pray with them, to minister to them. Maybe, maybe people are seeking deliverance and they don't know where to go, Lord. I ask that resources would begin to just fall in their laps, Lord, that you would open yes. doors for them that no man could shut, Lord. Lord, if there's any suffering with spirits of infirmity and they need healing in their body, Lord, I just command healing into their body in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we know that by your stripes, we are healed. Sickness is a transgressor. And so, Lord, I just begin to command healing into the bodies of people listening right now, Lord. People that will listen later on, Lord. Lord, may they just have an encounter with you. The miracles that you did, Lord, in your ministry when you were here on earth, the Lord in the flesh, the Lord Jesus, you said the ministries, they validated the message that you had because without the miracles, people wouldn't have believed the message. And so, Lord, it's not that we're seeking miracles, Lord. Oh, no, we're seeking mm -hmm. your message. We're seeking yes. your truth, Lord. But we just know that you're able to do the miracles because you truly are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So Lord, would you just touch those that are listening here tonight, Father, Lord, that they could have a touch from heaven, that they would know truly, truly the kingdom of heaven has invaded earth right here in this place with me. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Ooh, I agree. I felt that. Thank you, Father. God. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on tonight. It was an honor to be on here with you. Thank you for sharing. I just love when God connects us with other kingdom-minded people, and it's just so beautiful. So I just want to uh, speak a blessing over you. 
Ty and your husband and your family and your ministry and the things that God has for you in the near future. And I just ask, Lord God, that you just open up the heavens wherever they go in a new way like they've never known before, that that heaven would ascend and descend over that place and bring in the body parts and and the other forms of, of things and miracles that you want them to see in this season. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we give you the glory and the honor for everything, everything that comes forth from this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you. And hey, we got done on time. We did. <laughs> All righty. So uh, one more thing is to thank the viewers that spent time with us. And again, if there's anything that you need, reach out to us. The links are provided in the mm-hmm. comments. And we bless you for listening and bless you for being a part and the destiny that God has for you. So thanks again, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.